What up, what up, what up? Welcome into the DNVR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. We're going to be a little bit all over the place today. I'm going to give a couple of updates in this intro here. I'm going to talk about CSU Volleyball, which is coming off of a 3-1 victory over CU in the first ever sellout at Moby Arena for CSU Volleyball. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. The Rams will have an opportunity to sweep CU on the road in Boulder Friday night, but just a really special night for CSU. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, I briefly, I did want to give an update on Michael Gallup, Cowboys wide receiver, is making progress. He won't play this weekend. Hopefully the CSU alum is able to make his debut against the Giants next week. Uh, really making great progress, though, considering he tore his ACL in the season finale uh, of last season. So he's doing great. The Cowboys could certainly use him, but I hope he doesn't rush the process, especially now that Dak is injured and their season is essentially over anyways. But these guys are competitors. You know, he wants to get back out there and, you know, try and help the the Cowboys right the ship. We'll have to see, you know, how it all plays out. Today, we're going to talk about the Mountain West slate, some of the fun matchups. There's actually some really intriguing games with Mountain West teams this weekend an opportunity for some teams to really prove themselves against quality competition. I'm going to give you a couple of keys for CSU against Washington State. We'll talk a little recruiting and CSU history as well. Before we get into everything, the NFL's opening week was action-packed. It's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any football game, get $200 in free bets instantly. And if you want even more action, everyone can experience the thrill of the DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, that code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions to apply. See show notes for details. All right, all right, all right. CU came into Moby Arena Thursday night with only one loss to their name. They left with a big old fat L, though, as the Rams were able to take three sets out of four against the Buffs in front of 8,396 fans, a Moby Arena record for volleyball. Absolute insanity. I mean, there are power five teams. There Essentially, there's like maybe five to ten teams in the entire country that could draw a crowd like that. You know, you think about some of the volleyball powerhouses. Nebraska has great support. There's some teams, you know, throughout the Midwest and in the Big 12 that draw pretty good crowds, but... It's just incredible to see what Tom Hilbert has been able to establish over the years. Obviously, when North Carolina came in at the beginning of the season, everybody associated with their program was just raving about the atmosphere at at Moby Arena and how it was so unique. And I mean, that's an ACC program. And, you know, to to draw this kind of crowd on a weeknight for a volleyball match is just a testament to, you know, CSU fans and, and how much they support this program. And you know, Tom Hilbert and, you know, the respect he's earned because he's he certainly deserves this support after, you know, multiple decades of established success. I mean, there are a lot of basketball teams and, and football teams even around the country 
that would like to be able to pull 3,000 students on a weeknight. So, you know, I'm not a big volleyball guy. I don't officially cover the team or anything like that, like I do with basketball and football. But I do try and highlight the program as, as much as possible because obviously it's just, you know, it's been the crown jewel of CSU athletics for, for quite some time now. And, and last night was just incredible. Shout out to the team, you know, to step up and win in front of the big crowd. That's always great. That's how you keep the students coming back and, you know, how you, you create those core moments and, you know, make people committed to CSU athletics. It's being in an environment like that and experiencing you know, a thrilling win over, you know, one of the most heated rivals. If you fall short, a lot of those students might not turn up again. And and that's always a really challenging position to be in as a program. But they stepped up in a major way. They pulled out a big win. Like I said, they have an opportunity to pull off the sweep in Boulder Friday night. I guarantee you the atmosphere will be nothing like it was in Moby. Just a really special night, though. Kudos to the crowd for showing up. Kudos to CSU Athletics for promoting the hell out of this. I mean, that was the goal going into the season was for the whiteout to be a sellout, and they accomplished it. I've been pretty impressed with CSU Athletics as a whole and just their marketing for, for athletics over the last year and a half or so. I mean, I you know, I follow all the local programs, and I, I genuinely think CSU does a better job of, of you know pushing their teams than CU does or you know, Air Force is a little bit different. They have a smaller budget when it comes to that kind of stuff. Wyoming actually does a killer job with promotion and social too. But the reason I bring it up is, you know, you don't pull 9,000 fans on a Thursday night going up against, you know, the, the Chargers Chiefs if, if you're not really pushing that game. So that was just really cool to see. And, you know, it, it just makes me think of, of what's possible, you know, if, if CSU football could establish some consistent success here in, you know, the next you know, a couple of years, you have students that are engaged. They, they turned out in a major way for football last year until things got really embarrassing down the stretch. They showed up for volleyball. Hoops obviously had great crowds throughout the year. Now they're selling out volleyball. I mean, it, it was an awesome student turnout in the first half, especially a lot of them left against Middle Tennessee. And I don't, you don't really blame them. It was, it was brutal. 27-0 at halftime, 34-0, a couple minutes into the third quarter. You would have had to have drugged me out of my seats as a kid or even as a college student. I don't care how bad it got. I never left. But, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to get up on my high horse here when it was, it was tough. It was, especially when you just have better games to watch on TV. You know, I, I get it. I really do. But CSU is a sleeping giant when it comes to football. I mean, they have the facilities. The students will show up, you know, they'll, they'll show up under the right circumstances. I, I feel like they have the coaching now. They're recruiting well. They've just got to turn that culture around. Anyways, shout out to CSU Volleyball. Really, really big night. It was also a really big night for CSU football commit Damian Henderson. He is a three-star commit, versatile athlete out of Los Alamitos, California, Los Alamitos High School had 300 rushing yards, five touchdowns. Insane performance. He's a guy that has, you know, some Pac-12 interest, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, they've all offered. But hopefully CSU can sign this kid because he is a stud in the open field. I mean, just really, really versatile. He's a solid receiver as well. That's actually, you know, what his background was, is transitioning into running back. 
it's just clear that this staff is recruiting a different caliber of athlete than what we've seen over the last couple of years. And it, it takes a lot of hard work to recruit this way. You essentially have to just be relentless on the recruiting trail 365 days a year. Not all staffs are willing to do that. But, you know, Norvell's done a good job of putting together an experienced staff, but it's still, you know, a, a young and energized group and they're just killing it. So shout out to CSU recruiting. Really, really big time performance from Damian Henderson. Great to see. Before we get into the keys against Washington State, on this day in Rams history, CSU falls 41 to 23 at number one Alabama. The 23 points that the Rams scored in Tuscaloosa was the most that anybody scored on Alabama in non-conference play. It was actually the most that anybody scored against them until week 10. It matched the total points scored by LSU, Arkansas, and Tennessee combined. For me, it was a bucket list destination. You know, obviously being a, a Bama guy and growing up being a diehard CSU guy to get to be at that game in person was something that I'll never forget. I had a blast, you know, exploring Tuscaloosa with Kevin Lytle and and Kelly Lyle went out and, you know, hit all the, the local spots. It was just, it was cool. And it was one of those situations where you could see how much talent there was on that team. And the Rams got really hot after that. They won four straight conference games to start the slate. And then it obviously all, you know, crashed and burned and ended up being a really disappointing season. But that comes back to, you know, being able to respond through adversity. And again, that's a big thing that Jay Norvell talked about after practice on Wednesday with the the 2022 Rams. Is, you know, this has been a team that's, you know, been a loser for for quite some time. And they just kind of seem to compound things. And, you know, I talked about that with Henry Blackburn a couple weeks ago after the Michigan loss about wanting to be able to avoid that. And, you know, he was super honest, you know, about wanting to avoid it. Actually, I'll, I'll play the audio here at the end of the podcast. Or, you know what, I'll just, I'll play it right now. I mean, I wrote about it. It was a quote that got shared on Twitter, but here's a Henry Blackburn talking about, you know, the importance of being able to respond to adversity and be a mentally tough team and, you know, not, not let the demons essentially like take hold of a season. One of the things that at Nevada, at least, going back, Norvell teams never lost more than two games in a row. And just having watched CSU, even going back like a decade, not even like just last year, it's just kind of felt like losses have kind of compounded. And it's a situation where it's like, oh, you lose this heartbreaker. And then that turns into another tight one, yeah. which turns into another tight one. I feel like this group is maybe just a little bit more like composed. Like they'll be able to handle that pressure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen I've seen momentum kind of get pulled out of our seasons, and that that's that's something that we talk about and we make we make it clear. I mean, we tell the truth about how that shit went down. I mean, and we're not going to let that happen because there's going to be times this season where we run into situations and adversity that 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 we that we're not expecting and that we're not ready for, but. The thing is, we have to we have to just be able to bounce back from that, and that's that's something that that we needed that we're we're changing here the culture at CSU, and I think that's what it is at the end of the day is the culture. I mean, it's it's the it's the it's the effort and the and it's the everyday grind. I mean, a lot of people say it, but not a lot of people do it. I mean, it's it's really hard to wake up every day five a.m. with with a mindset like like you're coming to work that day. It's hard. I mean, when when the season you know the months come the months start adding on. I mean, it's it's hard, but that's the thing. We need to be able to to push through that wall when when you know guys aren't feeling good, you know guys are hurt, and injuries start happening. You know, maybe we lose a game, but the, those are the times where we need to to to, to trust each other more than ever and, and and come back even stronger. And that's what that's what we plan on doing, and that's what we that's what we talk about 
changing the culture here at CSU to, to kind of how like it was in, back in 01 when I was born, you know? Everything you love to hear as a CSU fan, I mean, you know, Henry Blackburn, that was music to Ram fans' ears. We'll see if they can respond, you know? That was before Middle Tennessee. After that, you know, we're going we're gonna to really find out here these next couple of weeks you know, what type of toughness this team has, you know, can you respond? Because there are winnable games on the schedule. You could start 0-3 and, and bowl eligibility isn't necessarily off the table. I don't think it should be the expectation. I want to make that clear after what we've seen through these first two weeks. It's not impossible though. Hawaii, New Mexico, Wyoming, Utah State. I mean, there's even Sac State. There's a lot of winnable games on the slate still. But let's talk about this matchup with Washington State. I already previewed it a little bit with my friend Travis Green of Creme 2 News out in Spokane, Washington. He talked a lot about the, this defense, and really that's what's different about this Washington State team than years past. You know, when I think of Washington State, and obviously a lot of that was during the Mike Leach era, but, you know, I think of them, you know, spreading it out, you know, scoring 50-plus points a game, everything's a shootout. This Washington State team, although they do want to you know, move the ball with Cam Ward. It's it's really about defensive success, and they have a ton of experience in the trenches. Their defensive line is incredible. Their secondary is really really solid. And then they went and picked up Dayon Henley, a linebacker who starred for Nevada the last couple of years. It's actually a shame that the Rams weren't able to to pick him up. As as much as I like Drew Kulik, who's you know a stud, and Cameron Carter's really produced well, the combo of DeQuan Jackson and Dayon Henley would have been a force to be reckoned with. If you're CSU in this one, though, you have to find a way to limit the pressure on Clay Millen. I asked Norvell earlier this week if Washington State traditionally brings as much pressure as Middle Tennessee, who, you know, they really blitz about 80% of the time, so it was kind of a perfect storm for that, that struggling offensive line for it to just really all compound and be terrible. Norvell said traditionally they don't. You know, looking at the film, I would imagine they're probably going to try and blitz a little bit more. With their defensive line being so stout, though, I mean, if they can get home with, you know, only bringing three, four guys and then still play coverage with their 4-2-5, that's going to be really, really hard for, for Clay Millen. So you've got to limit the pressure on him, protect the quarterback, allow him to get through his reads as best as possible. I imagine they're going to do a lot of things to try and get the ball out of his hands quickly. I mean, you'd have to after what we've seen the last couple of weeks. It would be great to be able to establish the run a little bit just alleviate some of that pressure so it's not in his face 24-7. And it's going to help the defense as well, because I think the defense has actually played pretty well, all things considered. I know the, the points allowed hasn't been great, but they've just consistently had to defend so many short fields. They've been on the field a lot. It, you know, if, if you can just give them a shot there, give them a, a breath every now and then, you know, I, I think the defense will have a, a good opportunity to at least, you know, force Washington State to drive the length of the field themselves. They, they've really played hard. You know, I, I have been impressed with Freddie Banks. In each game, though, they have allowed, you know, a, a long touchdown. Obviously, against Michigan, it was that screen play, which was way too easy. Middle Tennessee in the third quarter, they opened it up with a, a long passing touchdown where it was just broken coverage. Those are backbreaking. It's really hard to execute consistently all the way up and down the field. And that's why I talk a lot about bend, don't break. You know, you can allow yards. You can even allow them to move the sticks a decent amount. But if you can keep them out of the end zone, ultimately, you're always going to have a chance. And I know some of these are, are pretty obvious, but I mean, these are, are 
keys, especially based on the the way the last couple of games have gone for CSU. I, I would say, you know, probably the biggest key, I mean, in any game, arguably, is win the turnover battle. I mean, Idaho forced and recovered three fumbles and allowed them to hang. They also turned it over a couple of times themselves, and it ended up, you know, costing them big time. Wisconsin turned the ball over three times, and it's a big reason why they lost, despite the fact that they had twice as many first downs. Penalty penalties were a pretty big factor in that one as well. But you know, again, that that Wisconsin Washington State game is is another example of going back to what I just talked about. Wisconsin drove the ball up and down the field. They had 150 more yards than Washington State did. It was 400, you know, versus 250. They couldn't score at the end. You know, Washington State they were able to to bend and and not break. They forced some key turnovers, and you know, their quarterback didn't put them in a bad position with the football. And that's what Travis Green talked about on our podcast yesterday was just that he's a really good decision maker. So if you're CSU and, and you know, he's able to sit back there all day and pick you apart, probably going to be a long day, particularly if he's, you know, scrambling around improvising and extending the play as well. He's one of those guys that's really mobile and he can beat you with his legs. He is, you know, looking to pass though with his legs. So it's more about extending it than it is, you know, just being like Lamar Jackson out there at Louisville. We saw in the third quarter, you know, when the defensive line is able to consistently get after the quarterback, it can lead to some big opportunities. We just haven't seen it consistently enough. You know, if you can force the quarterback to run for his life, you know, get him on the ground a couple of times, maybe get him to throw up a couple of balls. They've got athletes in the secondary that can make you pay. We'll see, you know, we'll see if they can, you know, be disruptive, if, you know, they can cause some havoc, special teams, you know, turnovers. That's how you hang in a game like this when you're 16 and a half point underdogs on the road. You've got to, you know, create some opportunities for yourself and take advantage when they come. Those are my main keys for CSU against Washington State in this one. A couple of things I would like to see, you know, I, I would like to see the Rams win the turnover battle, obviously, but I would also really like to see a couple of these guys get involved in the passing offense outside of Torrey. It's great that he's balling out. You know, you want him to put up numbers and get a ton of targets. He should be CSU's, you know, leading receiver on on most weeks. But, you know, Melquan Stovall, Ty McCullough, you know, Tanner Arkin, some of these guys, you've got to be able to get it going. And that takes time. You know, again, some of that, a lot of that has to do with the fact that Millen has had very little time to go through his reads. A lot of the times, if he is getting rid of it, it's going to his, you know, main guy that he feels most comfortable with, Tory Horton. But they've got to get some of these other guys in the mix. And, you know, the staff's talked about it. They know it. That's the plan. We'll see if they're able to actually do it. I also would like to see a solid special teams performance from CSU. I don't think it's been awful early or anything like that. But I think it's, you know, left a little bit to be desired. Field position is going to be a big factor in this one. If CSU is going to be able to hang, you need, you know, Patty Turner to be dropping punts. You know, inside the 20, ideally, you know, not giving up touchbacks, that type of stuff. Again, he's not the the booming leg that we saw at a Stonehouse, but I do think he's going to be solid. And whoever it ultimately is at a kicker, I think it'll probably be Henry Cattleman, the Oregon transfer. But whoever it is, I mean, you can't miss extra points. You can't miss field goals. That was a big swing in, in momentum. I mean, CSU, it felt like in that third quarter, had an opportunity to really potentially overtake it and, you know, really come back all the way. I felt like, you know, that that missed extra point on the first touchdown, it was like, oh, here we go. Like, it's just one of those days for CSU, but it puts you in a bad spot where you're then going for two later. You miss the field goal. Like, 
those things just add up, those little moments in the game. Tell you what, there were a lot of special teams plays that went CSU's way in that upset win over Washington State in the New Mexico Bowl. It's been nine years. Nine years. We'll see if the Rams have any of that magic in Pullman on Saturday. I'm going to be doing a watch-along for the game, so check that out. We'll post more about that online. Come down to the DMVR bar. It's a great place to watch a game. But yeah, let's let's move on. Let's talk about some of the lines this weekend in the Mountain West, some of these matchups. I'll you know briefly hit on a couple of the other national games as well. Real quick, the most rewarding thing about DNVR is seeing the connections made through our listeners in this community. Green Mountain Dental is an OG partner of ours and a major Colorado sports fans. They've supported DNVR since the very beginning. We've had countless fans, even our own staff, convert to Green Mountain Dental, and they never look back. Located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver in Lakewood, CSU alum Dr. Ben and his team have you covered from general dentistry, like regular cleanings, orthodontics, such as removing those pesky wisdom teeth and everything in between. Green Mountain Dental has a few offers for our DNVR fam. One, if you tell the team that DNVR Sports sent you and get a $300 discount for your full orthodontics treatment for new patients. Two, if you mention DNVR Sports, you're going to get a free set of bleach trays, a $350 value with a new patient cleaning exam and x-rays. Lastly, for all the hygienists out there, Green Mountain Dental is hiring. Full and part-time positions are available. They are willing to work with your schedule as well as offering great benefits package with healthcare and PTO. To make an appointment or find out more information, check out their website, greenmountaindentalgroup.com today. All right, everybody's favorite time of the week. Of course, it's DraftKings pick of the week. We nailed it last week with the Chiefs spread. Should have gave out the Chiefs spread again this week. I just forgot to do it yesterday. So we're going to look at some of the other NFL matchups this weekend and try and find the best spot. There's a couple of spreads I like. I'm going with the Raiders to cover five against the Arizona Cardinals, though. It's at home. The Cardinals defense looked absolutely awful last week, especially the secondary. And that's the strength of this Raiders offense is Derek Carr sitting back, slinging it, bringing over Devontae Adams, who should be in for a big game. I mean, he I saw earlier this week that his grandma is going to actually be in the stands and get to see him play in person uh, for the first time since he's been in the NFL. So that's, I mean, that's just great energy their way. I love the, the Carr-Renfro connection. And ultimately, I just don't think the Cardinals are a very well-coached team. It's, it's a bummer because we want them to do well. You know, obviously, you know, we, our guys out there in PHNX, we're rooting for Trey, we're rooting for Manny, but I'm just not a Cliff Kingsbury guy. And because of that, I am taking the Las Vegas Raiders to cover five points at minus 110. Lock it in. DraftKings, pick of the week. All right, speaking of DraftKings, we're just going to go through here and talk about a couple of these matchups. Starting with Friday night, we've got Wyoming hosting Air Force. Wyoming home underdogs, 16 and a half point dogs at home. That's a pretty intense spread. You know, Air Force has won two in a row against Wyoming, but Craig Bull actually won three straight against the Falcons before that. Defensively, they've fared a little bit better against the triple option than some of the other teams in the league. 16 and a half feels pretty steep. The thing is, this Air Force offense is just so solid. They, they, I mean, they played sloppy the last couple of weeks, and they're still just murdering people. I don't know. That, that spread scares me both ways. I think I'd probably stay away from it. What really intrigues me, though, is the first quarter spread, which is minus 3.5 for Air Force. They've gotten off to hot starts in back-to-back weeks. I like them to be up you know, a touchdown or so after the first quarter. Really like that. 
Uh, you can get the over 10 at plus 100 for the first quarter total as well. I think there's some value there as well. Nevada looking to rebound off of a home loss to Incarnate Ward. It's going to be tough, though. They have to travel to Iowa. Iowa, 24-point favorites in this one. This It's a really tough line. I, I mean, talent-wise, I think Iowa certainly should stomp Nevada. You just never know what they're going to do offensively. I mean, they they just play a brutal, brutal style of football. I think it would be really hard to be a, be a Hawkeyes fan, if we're being completely honest, especially when you know that the, the offensive coordinator is just the coach's son and nothing's going to change. That's a tough spot to be. I think this is probably a stay away again. Like I, I do think Iowa should cover it. I just don't really trust their offense to beat anybody by 25 at this point. It's going to be an interesting one, a big time matchup. Obviously one for CSU fans to keep their eyes on, you know, with the Wolfpack game coming up here in a couple of weeks, UNLV three point favorites against North Texas. They're coming off of a, a really, you know, pretty respectable showing against Cal. They had an opportunity to win that game. Ended up, you know, losing a tight one. Stomped Idaho State the week before that. I've been impressed with UNLV's offense. I think, you know, they're, they're a better team than they've been the last couple of years. The tough part for them is they just, they have no home field advantage at all. You know, there's no atmosphere. It's cool that they play in the Raiders Stadium and all of that, but I just, I hate playing in empty NFL stadiums. It looks so wonky. Like, the, the showdown was cool, because you had 70,000 people in and they filled the stadium for CSU and CU. If they played every week there, it would just be sad. It was like, you know, San Diego State back in the day. We'll see. You know, this is a big opportunity for UNLV. If they're able to win this game against North Texas, definitely going to catch my attention. You know, same thing with New Mexico. They're home dogs against UTEP this week. That's a tough matchup. Uh, I mean, you know, New Mexico, they played hard against Boise. They're well coached defensively. You can see. You know, Rocky Long being there is making a big difference. They just, they don't have the depth offensively, especially at the skill positions to hang. And UTEP's, you know, they've been a tough program these last couple of years. We'll see though, you know, if, if you can hang in that one, that'll say a lot about this Lobos team and the improvement that they've made. Historically though, these are the matchups that, you know, UNM, UNLV lose. So we'll see. San Diego State, 21 point underdogs at Utah. That's a spot I normally love, the Aztecs. I, I normally love betting on San Diego State against Pac-12 teams. I'm a little gun-shy after that game against Arizona. Also, they just, they're just they so underwhelming as a passing offense. Every year we hear, you know, they're going to open it up, and you know this is the transfer that's going to do it. We've yet to see it. More than that, Utah is really good. They lost a heartbreaker in the swamp. Uh, Should have gone to overtime. Cam Rising just makes a dumb throw down the stretch. Responded with, you know, murdering an FCS team last week. 21's a lot. 21's a lot. But this Utah team is really good. I still have them winning the Pac-12. The most fun game of the weekend from a Mountain West perspective is Fresno State traveling to the Coliseum to face USC. Jake Hayner, you know, he's been big in these moments. They almost beat Oregon last year. They did beat UCLA in the Rose Bowl. He was, you know, really good in a lot of those Mountain West showdowns with some of the other top teams as well. This is a spot where he's big. Neither one of the defenses have been super consistent. USC has forced a lot of turnovers, though. And Hayner, you know, he can be a little bit reckless with the ball at times. He forces some things. I love him, don't get me wrong, but he can be a roller coaster. When I looked last night, it was USC by 12. Now it's saying USC by 11. I do think Fresno State has, a, has an opportunity to cover here. 
I even might flirt with the money line at plus 340 just from a value perspective. But this is a really big opportunity for Fresno State. They should have won last week against Oregon State. Really killed me. Really killed me from a betting perspective. So another team I'm a little bit hesitant to to back again just because some of those holes I saw in the secondary and, you know, with what USC brings to the table offensively with Williams and their receiving core. I mean, Brendan Rice is like their fourth best receiver. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. So it's it's a tough matchup. It's going to be a fun game. Late kickoff, 8.30. Hopefully we can stay awake for that one. A couple of uh, national games real quick. I like Vandy as road underdogs at Northern Illinois. I've just been really impressed with what I've seen from Vanderbilt offensively. I think they're balanced. I think their quarterback gives them an opportunity to, to scramble around, make some plays. They're a fun team. I actually like watching them. I like Nebraska at home against Oklahoma. I'm not sure they're going to pull the upset, but they're 11-point underdogs at home. That crowd is going to be insane. Home field doesn't really mean anything in the NFL. It means everything in college football if you can do it right. and Nobody does it better than Nebraska. You know that crowd is just going to be ravenous. They're going to be so intense with OU coming back. That's their biggest rival historically. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, CU Nebraska, and that's obviously a rivalry that I grew up, you know, watching. But, you know, my gram, my my grandmother, she she's a Nebraska alum, grew up in Nebraska, lived in Lincoln, and she talks about it all the time. You know, it's it's all about that Nebraska OU rivalry for them going back to the the OG Big Eight days. Defensively, Nebraska's been kind of a mess this year. They looked really bad against Northwestern. They looked awful against Georgia Southern. But they're explosive offensively. I mean, Casey Thompson at quarterback, is he's a good athlete. He's got a big arm. He can improvise a little bit. I like Nebraska to cover at home. And I think that the, the, the boost of having the interim coach, it can go either way. Sometimes you get slaughtered. But a lot of times you see the teams kind of rally around the guy, especially if it's somebody that the players like. Finally, the Buffs, 28-point underdogs at Minnesota. 0-12 is a real possibility for them. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think you probably sneak one or two out, finish 1-11, 2-10. Ultimately, the, the end of the Carl Durrell era, which is a shame. I, I would love to see him still be the coach when CSU goes to Boulder next year. 28 points is a lot. There could be a, a path to cover. I mean, CU's offensive coordinator, Mike Sanford, had been at Minnesota the last couple of years, so there's some... There's some inside knowledge, but I mean, Sanford, they also essentially kind of wanted him gone in Minnesota. So it's, we'll see. Tough spot for the Buffs. Probably going to be a really long year. Probably going to be a really long year for most of the teams along the front range, other than Air Force, who uh, they really might be good enough to run the table. Make sure you keep up with all my post-game content. I won't be out there in person for Washington State, unfortunately, but obviously we'll have a column, post-game pod, takeaways, all that fun stuff. Really looking forward to it. Big game for the Rams. Big opportunity. We'll see how they respond. Ideally, you know, you're at least competitive in this one. Yes, it would be great to see them pull the upset. But, I mean, with what we've seen from the offensive line the last couple of weeks, given you're going against a really talented Washington State defense, you know, I think the hope is, is just to, you know, one, stay healthy, but two, to just, you know, put some things together, build on what you've been able to do in little spurts offensively, show some consistency you know, continue to play solid defensively for the most part. I know the scores are a little bit misleading, but they've just been on the field so much. I I do think this defense is actually quite a bit better than some of the defenses from the past couple of years. 
Got to start playing complimentary football a little bit, though. It's just it's tough to always lean on the D. All right, that's all I have for today. Much love to you guys. Keep up with all my post-game content. Peace. Machetes at a deli in New Delhi Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice But water's the truth so I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV's got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly like non